This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. A bionic thingamajig between your legs. A fake news on Facebook loop. Catholics using apps. The man personally responsible for 45 years of losing. And Rick's brush with Debbie Boone. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Hello, Rick Kemper and Dave Stern, standing by, ready to deliver as much minutia as we can cram into a thirty-five to forty-two minute-ish podcast. If we ever had a real show <laughs> on, a, on a real radio station. Uh, I think the time constraints might be a, a little difficult for us, don't you think? Like uh, hitting the news buttons and stuff. I oh, yeah, we were, absolutely. We Traffic on the sevens, forget about it. <laughs> exactly. Hey, by the way, you sound kind of like uh, uh, echoey. Are you on a speakerphone or something? No. Okay. okay. Doing exactly what I usually do, sitting here. Um, here, you want me, let me let me plug in and out my microphone here. Maybe that'll help. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking you behind the scenes into. Uh, yeah. Did that uh, help? So, yeah. Uh, now speak a little bit. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, actually, it helps a lot. <laughs> I don't know uh, why. <laughs> um, I have a feeling like like NASA. Yeah. If there's a problem with a spaceship, they just they just turn it on and off. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Reboot. Have you have you tried rebooting? Oh, right. right. Love it when I call cable. Yeah. And the and the guy in India tells me, did you did you try? Yeah, I've tried like 55 times, pal. Yeah, that is Steve. always the first advice. <laughs> Are you saying that Steve is not really a guy named Steve? Yes, I, I am saying that. Um, although, you know what, we're going to have a um, not to not to forecast what's going to happen into the show. It's kind of a teaser. We will be having a story about someone who grew up in India. Well, don't just tease. Why don't you just lay it on me? Um, okay, sure. Lay it on me. That's funny. When you hear that, the when you hear that, uh, what the uh, headline is, Edinburgh man with bionic penis inundated with date offers. Right? Oh, I thought you said India. Uh, he was born in India. Oh, okay. Uh, Muhammad Abad is his name. Okay. And he now lives in Edinburgh. Good catch though. Edinburgh. You knew that that was not in India. That's Scotland. Isn't yeah. it? Uh, Yes, it is. Very good. Um, so this guy, Muhammad Abad, um, had actually a – now, this is not the funny part, okay? He had a tragic accident when he was a kid. He was like six years old, and he had a car accident. And um, the way that they frame it in the article is that um, he lost his manhood, okay, in the, when he was – In the accident? Yes, he lost his manhood. Whereas you and I lost our manhood when we got married. <laughs> we lost it way before that. <laughs> uh, Mr. Abad, yeah, he had an accident. And a car, there was a car accident. And he was ended up dragged. He was dragged for like 600 feet. Um, and his manhood, oh. meaning his oh. penis, Jeez. yeah, was, was mutilated and just... Um, so the good news, okay, that's bad. Here's good. Um, a few years ago, he received a 70,000 pound prosthetic replacement. Okay. So he has essentially a bionic penis. Wow. 
<laughs> now, do you remember when uh, Six Million Dollar Man came out in the seventies? Sure. Um, I always wondered if he had a bionic. Pe- I think everybody wondered if he had a bionic penis. Don't you think? Uh, you know what? Honestly, until you said that, I never <laughs> thought about really? it a single time. No. <laughs> Because all my friends in fourth grade were wondering. so uh, Well, my, uh, my friends in fourth grade were just, just slow motion running. Okay, well, that was the suburbs. I grew up in inner city. If you're oh, that's true. You're, you're a faster crowd there in the inner <laughs> yeah. city. Uh, so Mr. Abad, Muhammad Abad, he got this 70,000-pound prosthetic replacement. And I love the name of the company or the name of the brand of the I don't know if there's more than one brand of bionic penis, but it's called the Titan Touch Penile Prosthetics. <laughs> so, come on. You know they had focus groups working on that one. What do you think of uh, large right. schwans? Yeah, no, right. no, I don't think so. How about droopy guy? No, I don't think that works So, either. if I can ask a delicate question, uh, maybe yeah. you don't know the answer to this, um, but... Uh, the size of it is it like normal size or well for me it's normal size is eight it's eight inches oh eight, eight inches okay yeah, yeah right which actually when you think about it it's like okay that's hey i would aspire to eight inches but it's not like 11 inches right they didn't <laughs> no, go no. overboard okay <laughs> right so it's eight inches um, I, I used to do the same joke to my wife all the time i <laughs> i hold my finger uh, and my thumb about an inch apart. Yeah. I say, you know what this is? And she goes, I don't know what. I go, eight inches. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, she never ever laughs either. Never. Yeah, I know. Uh, right, and it was never funny. I bet that joke never was. Funny. It's still funny. Just saying oh, it now, it's, it's funny. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Um, so here's a couple things that I mean. I'm happy for Mr. Abad, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he's you know he's got a bionic penis. Um, you may wonder how a bionic penis gets, you know, how you start the launch sequence of yeah. the bionic penis. I, I would like he's, to know. He's got a button. Don't next we all? To, <laughs> right. Uh, he presses a button next to his testicles, and evidently, the I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's a countdown or what. But <laughs> launch sequence has right, begun. I, I no Dead. But he, I know I don't know how long it takes. I don't, you know, whatever. So I think that's kind of nice, right? It's uh, well. So does he? Is he going out on like a million dates? I mean, is he like? Yeah. Go ahead. This is the best part about it. Um, And I'm reading verbatim from the article. The 44 year old from Corstefine, evidently, I think that's a suburb of Edinburgh, um, uh, told a national newspaper that since his operation, he has received 50 messages messages is messages from women who want to sleep with him really okay now first of all how do people know how do they he know? A, yeah how, he's how on the news he, he's in the news yeah i guess okay um or, or now in retrospect i'm thinking about it i'm gonna put i'm gonna plant a fake news story about my bionic penis <laughs> What Let's good is what that going to do you now? No, I, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, but here is the funniest part. Um, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Abad is too tired because he works 14 hour shifts every day. And by the time he gets home, he's just too tired from set for sex. <laughs> so he has not, he has not, uh, uh, gone after any of these women 
that have texted him or left messages for him because he's too tired. That so, uh, that is a a gigantic waste. I mean, that would be like Steve Austin, the six million dollar man, using his powers to like lift logs in the backyard. Or, uh, honey, I'll, I'm going to go get some milk. Yeah. He rushes. I mean, hey, you Need got superpowers. You got to go out there and use your superpowers. You know, Muhammad Abad to me is a hero. Yeah. The the seventy thousand pound Titan. What is it called? The Titan Touch yeah. has not changed who he is. <laughs> right that's true you know it, uh, no pun intended it didn't go to his head okay everything he's like i am who i am you know what he's still just like you and i with a eight inch bionic penis okay well that's great okay so there you go well, ladies right. ladies if you're interested uh actually i don't know how you can get in touch with them but you can look this up at the edinburgh news.com we'll have all the information and uh Feel free to re- reach out to, to Muhammad Abad. Now, did you check to see if this is, a, in fact, a fake news story? Uh, you know what? I didn't because I don't. Because you want it to be true. It's, I mean, right. it's not harming anyone if it's not true. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, it, to me, it's fake. You know what? I, and as an aside, you know how all these fake news stories are coming out, obviously? Yeah. But they're always, there's, they always have a right wing slant, obviously, right? So far, yes, yeah. Where are our guys? Where are our the lefties? You know, yeah, where are the lefties making good fake stories? Oh, I bet they're working on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, <clears throat> well, here you know yeah. you mentioned fake news. Um, the thing I wanted to talk to you about is this fake news on Facebook story, which you know the song um, uh, that Vanilla Ice did that stole the opening riff of under pressure you know dun 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 dun, that 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 little clip how that's just used in a loop throughout his entire song that's all it is it's just that one little clip sampled and used throughout an entire song this story i'm about to tell you about is like the story version of that okay okay this is like a story loop this is about a fake news on facebook um that is kind of hard to follow. I'm going to try to explain it to you the best I can. Um, There is a tool out now that can flag fake news on Facebook. All right. Somebody created this thing and has big red warning signs. Well, a, uh, a tech writer got a hold of this and then installed it on his computer and forgot about it. Right. He forgot that it was on Mm -hmm. there. And then when it started working, Right when this whole controversy about the elections started taking place, he thought that Facebook had gone in and created this app so that people would know when they had fake news stories. And then he wrote a story about Facebook doing that and posted it to Facebook, which wasn't true. It was a fake story. Because even even though it was an unknowingly fake story, it was a fake story that was posted about fake stories and an app that will stop fake stories, and it itself was fake. So that means it's all true, right? Because four fakes makes a true truth, right? I don't know the I don't remember my math equations that well, but <laughs> that sounds about right. So there is no because I've been reading about how Facebook 
is trying to do something like this. Is there no fake news? No, I don't think so. I think they're working on it. They're trying to get something. And they're trying to flag, you know, stories or not allow them to be posted. But as far as I know, there's no app that has been installed in Facebook so that everybody has it. You still have to look for it. Um, I'm sure you heard about the guy that went into the pizza parlor and was it yeah. North Carolina yeah. or no DC? He was from North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing about this, all right. So then Facebook, when they saw this article, they blocked that tool that that guy created <laughs> to create fake or to, to uh, flag face f- fake news. And then after they were caught doing that, they said this, we maintain a set of systems to help us detect and block suspicious behavior on our site. We temporarily block people from sharing the domain, bsdetector.tech. That's what it's called, bsdetector.tech, because of other abuse we have seen from top uh, tech-level domains. And by the way, this story that I'm reporting on right now, I double-checked. I I looked at the – it was on The Guardian. I looked at the the Guardian website. I checked on the writer of the story who is a real person unless they've got a fake Twitter account with, you know, years and years of – Tweets. Um, Twittering. Yeah. Tweeting. Um, so it, this is a true story. But I was watching TV yesterday. Uh, I, th- I can't remember if it was CNN or MSNBC. And they interviewed a guy who writes fake news. Did you see this? No, 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 no. And it, An it wasn't like, no, well, yeah, it was an American guy, like a suburban California guy. And he took him through the process of how he did it. And he wasn't working for the Russians or anything. He was just uh, getting paid by number of hits on his articles. So he was writing stuff like whatever the right wanted to hear. He wrote one article about Hillary Clinton uh, being involved in some murder uh, cover-up, which got a million and a half hits. And he got paid $8,000 for that. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. You're a writer. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do that. But but the other <laughs> no, the is... other part of it is, that was interesting to me though was when the interviewer was asking him, you know, don't you feel bad about this? He goes, Yeah, I kind of do. I, don't know, I, wish I, I wish I had done that. I, I didn't vote for uh, Trump, but you know, I vote. And, and and then and then the uh, interviewer says to him, um, Well, you know, you know, what are you going to do about this? He goes, well, I'm not going to do it anymore. I feel kind of bad, but you guys should have caught this a long time ago to the, to the press. Like, so it's the press's fault that you have been creating fake stories for profit. Uh, And 8,000 is 8,000 in the man's defense. Yeah, I know. Look, look at what it went. You wanted me to make it right there. So it kind of showed what you are. Um, you know, when is it when someone's going to, which they may already have, I don't know, uh, one of these guys makes a fake story about a stock, you know, a company, the stock goes through the roof, he buys it low, they they do fake stories, the stock goes through the roof, he sells it, and then it collapses because it's like a fake stock. Well, the fake, the, you know, they just destroyed this pizza business with a no. fake, uh, tw- you know, tweet or story, whatever it was. Um that that pizza company is having a hard time making money right now. They've had to close down their their hiring guards. It's a serious yeah. thing. Well, and it was like that Obama and Hillary were in some child human trafficking or something, yes. wasn't it? Yes. 
Right. And imagine how much you have to hate somebody to believe that story is true. Well, yeah. Uh, I got you. Although, you know, we need to we need to invest. Let's do not not mean fake stories, but kind of fun, wacky fake stories. Well, we did one uh, a few years ago. Remember when we did wait till next year? Yes. Yes, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Uh, why don't you educate the listeners as to what we're talking about? Well, about uh, what was it like 2009 or 2010, yeah, somewhere was, in that area? Um, yeah. I got a little upset about the uh, Cubs, you know, not making the playoffs. And it was obvious to me they were out of it sometime in August. And so you and I came up with the idea of putting in a birth announcement in the newspaper for a baby called wait till next year. Mm -hmm. And we did it. We got a picture of our friend Andy's son in a uh, (laughs) Cubs onesie. Whose name is Ryan, by the way. It's Ryan, R-Y-N-E. Yeah. Cool. That's 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 right. Yeah, that's right. So he is a Cubs baby. It was almost true. Um, and then, and then we said, uh, you know, the, the baby is 106 years old or, uh, you know, or, I don't, whatever we said, but it was all sarcastic, totally sarcastic. And then Deadspin got it, found it. Deadspin mm-hmm. found this uh, uh, article or the, this birth announcement and they put it on their site and then it went viral. I mean, millions of people read this and yep. they were all making fun of Cub fans. Look at these idiot Cub fans who would name uh, their child wait till next year. You know, that's, you know, that's how stupid cub fans are. And then somebody said, Hey guys, did you notice that that's a fake story? <laughs> and then oh, it got even more viral. Oh, oh I know. I know. Because well, Deadspin got caught promoting fake news. So actually, if you think about it, we were on the vanguard of this. <laughs> we started it. Well, you know what? And you know, this. uh, when we did the pothole store, you know, a couple of years ago, what was it? I don't know. Two years ago, three years ago. Um, when the, the pothole the epidemic was in yeah. the city, you remember that, sure. obviously, um, you know, we started that, uh, website called the pothole store and we sold earrings made out of potholes and we had the, uh, international pothole registry where you can name a <laughs> pothole after someone, which is still out um, there by the way, pothole store.com, right? Oh yeah. I have yeah. a basement full of rocks that I'll sell it to you. For- <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and Fox 32 put it on their site. Yeah, that's Did right. You see, I on remember that. Yeah. On the Facebook feed. And then hundreds, literally hundreds of people responded like, oh, this is crazy. I can't believe the city is trying to make money on that. You know, and it just, it, you know, you'd have like 15 comments of people thinking it's real. And then one guy going, hey, have you visited the site? It's complete. You know, this is completely, a, you know, a, a joke. parody. Yeah. Right. And then you'd have 15 people not noticing it so it's obvious how the the, this fake news can can propagate so we really are we are like we're like the fathers of fake news and we did not make eight thousand dollars no we made squat (laughs) it like yeah 800 bucks so all right uh all right well um this next story you're gonna have to help me out with this is something that i know very little about um it's it's about catholicism okay okay and you being I'm a Catholic. Catholic, yes. So, um, are you familiar with Tinder? Do you know what Tinder is? You know, I had no idea what Tinder was until this past weekend. I was on a little ski vacation with uh, some high school buddies, and they showed it to me. <laughs> I'll tell you about it if you if you want to hear or you want to carry on with your story. No, go ahead. Uh, 
Yeah, because well, it I mean, was fascinating. It's fascinating. Have you never seen it? And you know, we're old married guys. I've been married twenty five years. You've been married twenty four years, and this whole dating scene thing is something that doesn't even exist for us, right? And when we oh. dated, it was like the dark ages, apparently. Because he showed me, one of the guys that I was with on this trip showed me Tinder, and he he pulled out his iPad, and all it is is you type in where you are and, you know, put in a radius, like a mile radius, like yeah. let's say he, he put in four miles. <laughs> so wow, that's within a lot a, of effort. A four-mile radius, how many women out there are up for something, if you know what I mean, right now? Yeah. Yeah. He pressed it. He got like six matches. And then they could either swipe right to accept him or swipe left to reject him. And he got like two offers right there. Really? Yeah. And, and he was like, I, like, hey, let's go. But, I mean, do you remember when we dated? Not me and you dated. Yeah, no, I do remember. Get, uh, that, you know, that trying to. You know that 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 horror to make the phone call to ask a girl out. Oh gosh, it was horrible. Right? Don't answer. Don't answer. Don't answer. Don't answer. You know exactly. Let me leave this on your answering machine. <laughs> right. And then I mean, think about how awesome this would be now. Like, all right, blah blah blah. No, no. Now, did he take these? I mean, did he no, hook up with? No, these? he was just doing it to show me. Uh, he's not married, is he? No, he's not. No. But I'm now, sure there do- are people that are married on there. And how many of these people are fake, too? How many of these profiles are fake? Well, I don't know. I'm, I didn't, haven't given it any thought beyond what I just told you. It was just fascinating to me. It just made me think that um, we really We're, are super duper, really unbelievably old. Well, here is – well, this, this actually, this Tinder-like app – Oh, yeah. Now you're going to introduce Catholicism. Where are you going to go <laughs> right, with this? Exactly. Right. Uh, they are dubbing this Cinder, S-I-N-D-R, instead of Tinder. I mean, what it is, it's a it's an app where same principle as what you just talked about, but instead of having sex, you could find a place that you can do confessions immediately, basically nearby. So I think from what you, so, like I said, the yeah, that would be a good thing to to tie in with Tinder. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so you plug in a radius, probably I don't know four miles, let's say, and it'll immediately tell you where confessions are being held nearby and presumably at that time right now this is where there's a lot of questions here i mean i don't understand confessions don't happen all the time right isn't it like office hours or something or how does that's right that's right there's like a listing and you know you sign up or you you show up at a certain time that's Um, usually how it works i haven't gone to confession in years and years and years i think most catholics don't go that often now with this like cinder app do you like cut somebody off in traffic and then you go, oh, crap, I got to go? I mean, <laughs> or do you do you do you um, instead, you know, do you do you save up sins to make it efficient and then go to a confession and go, I'll knock these six out today or whatever? I mean, you <laughs> that's, know, what, I, that's like what I a, do. <laughs> that's what I do. I kind of keep an internal monologue like, all right, when I go next time, I've got X, Y, Z and ooh, double Z. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> and then I'll go in and lay them all on them. Um, that's a great idea. Well, I think that's a great idea. I mean, there are people all over the world who are more devout Catholic than I am. Um, like uh, like our our author, uh, Bob Hergeth. Who, right, you know, whose book is doing great. 
uh, go to EckhartsPress.com. It's called Genuflections, Famous Folks Talk About Growing Up Catholic. And he, we're doing a, uh, a book signing this weekend, aren't we? Yeah, Sunday, 1 o'clock at um, something in Fiddle here. I think I got it right here. Um, it's Park Ridge. It's a, um, it's, it's a bar in Park Ridge. Just go to every, uh, the Harp and Fiddle. The Harp and Fiddle in Park Ridge. Okay, we'll be there from 1 to 3.30. And, and um, you know, his book is actually quite good. You know, I know that you're not Catholic, but there are, it's all uh, celebrities talking about growing up Catholic and what it, what it meant. I mean, the big time celebrities like. Uh, Paul Ryan. Yeah, Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House. Uh, Fabio. Fabio, yes. Even <laughs> that big, yes. I mean, but, you know, all sorts of athletes and movie stars uh uh singers larry wilmore you know the uh the the comedian that did the nightly show on comedy central people like that it's really quite a good book anyway um Uh, okay so but here i gotta come so so this is kind of like an a yelp for i mean this is kind of are there going to be reviews on this thing do you think i mean do you review are there some priests that are better than others oh without question so you would think that the cinder is going to have like places, you know, where you can put like reviews, right? I, when, I remember when one of my sons uh, had his first confession, there were, uh, you know, like 200 kids all having their first confession. And there, there were three priests that were listening to him and taking turns and the kids had to get in line. And one of the priests, I won't say who it was, had like three kids in line because everyone knew that he was the one you didn't want to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, now, do priests have um, an ability to give you? I mean, you get penance. I'm fascinated at this. So you okay? Let's say you you cheated fantasy baseball. I don't know how you do that. Okay, and you want to and you want to confess to that. You go to the priest. It's a is there a curtain between or what? Yeah. Well, there's two different ways of doing it. There, there's the old confessionals, and then there's also you go in a room and you just uh, do the confession. Um, but, but what you do is you, you tell them you confess your sins and then they say, uh, okay, you know, I, I, are you sorry for having done this? And you always say, yes, of course. And then they say, uh, all right, do 10 Hail Marys and, you know, take an aspirin and call me in the morning or something okay. like that. That's you, basically do, how it goes. Do you ever go, nah, not really. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, my God. You're like, you know, no. uh, the, the first form kind of sorry about, but, you know, flipping off that guy in traffic. Not really. You should. So, you don't do uh, now. Does the does the priest ever say, you know what? The third one's really not a sin. No, you know, never. <laughs> no, everything's a sin. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, breathing is probably a sin somehow. Um, and, and, you know, with this app, you know that there's going to be some smart ass that's going to hack into this app and put. Like, you know, like strip satanic, joints. Yeah. Well, yeah. Strip joints or satanic, you know, uh, churches on the list. And, you know, and, and here's another question. What um, instead of swiping left or right, do you have to do the cross? Do you think <laughs> the next one? that's pretty good? I like that one. OK, uh, I say it's time for our uh, Cubs feature, our weekly Cubs feature. Time now for a collection of Cub geekness. This is just one bad century with Rick and Dave. So this week, uh, Dave marks a uh, a birthday, a famous cub, uh, P.K. Wrigley. Do you know who he huh? is? No, 
probably started the gum company too, didn't he? No, or, no his father did. P.K. Wrigley. Oh. Uh, William Wrigley was the one who started the gum company. P.K. Wrigley was his son, and he was the Cubs owner uh, from 1932 when his dad died until 1977 when he died. And the reason I bring him up, uh, let's see, he was born in 1894, this week in, 19, in 1894. Um, he is single-handedly responsible for 45 years of the Cubs being terrible. <laughs> One man, 45 years. You got to give him credit for the consistency factor. You, you got to. Right? He, he really went out of his way. So he promised his father on, on his deathbed that he would never sell the Cubs. And and that's the only reason he kept the Cubs. And then he had like this guilt feeling and he never, never sold them. But he also never did anything. The Cubs made it a couple of times into the World Series in his first few years. But that team had been put together by his father and, you know, all those guys. And then they just sucked for yep. 20 years. And it was all during Wrigley's era. And I love I wanted to share this quote with you because uh, I just love it. Charlie Grimm, who uh, got the Cubs to the uh, World Series three different times when he was their manager and then became like a uh, an advisor to Wrigley. Um, he, he explained the way they worked this way. Whatever we said in the meetings, he'd always say, no, that ain't right. Let's do it this way. He was absolutely wrong about everything. <laughs> for instance, let me give you a couple of for instances. In uh, the 30s, he went to a wrestling match and saw one of those uh, – one of those evil eye guys put the whammy on, on a wrestler, yeah. you know, yeah, 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 and yeah, he yeah, sure. totally bought it and hired the guy to sit behind home plate and, to and give he, the yeah, to give the whammy to the opposing pitcher. And he did this for an entire season. Now the, the whammy guy, as it turns out, it didn't work. <laughs> it was kind of a surprise. It might've been the distance. It might've also been that when it got cold, the whammy guy's like, I, I'm not sitting out here. <laughs> For this, that really happened. He, he said, "You know, I can also give the whammy to the ticker tape delivering the story." <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No need for me to come. <laughs> so that's one story. Then, about five years later, he hired a uh, a team psychologist, which you know is, is standard pretty much now. Right. But in yeah. in those days, you know, with these old grizzled you know veterans on the team, like Rogers Hornsby and guys like that, they're they all looked at him like he was a moron, didn't listen to him at all. And if you've ever seen the movie The Natural, did you ever see that? Oh, yeah. There's that scene where that little psychologist comes into their into the uh, into the dressing room and says, mm -hmm. Losing is a disease. Yeah. yeah. yeah as yeah, contagious yeah, right. as syphilis. You know, that he goes through that. Well, that, that that impersonation you just said was spot on. Thank too. you. Thank you. Um, so anyway, that was another thing he did. Then when every team started getting minor leagues, minor league teams, the Cubs were the last ones to get minor league teams. They didn't used to have minor league teams. They would just, you know, go out and buy players from the minor leagues. And then I think it was the Cardinals or the Dodgers started their own system. And every other team did except the Cubs. And that's one of the reasons they started sucking. And then once they decided to finally have their own minor league system, they only hired one instructor to cover all of it. <laughs> <laughs> like a gym teacher like that it's like that priest it's the priest that has like 38 kids right yeah it was the good priest um yeah 
So that the, is why uh, I celebrate PK Wrigley this week because we won it, pal. Yeah. Uh, was he the College of Coaches guy? He, he too? was also the College of Coaches guy. There's another funny story. I'll just give you one more. Um, in the mid '70s, which was toward the end of his life, Pete Lecoq, who was a player on the Cubs, thought it would be funny to go to Wrigley's office, which was not at Wrigley Field. It was at the Wrigley building because he was really more concerned about his business. And Pete Lecoq went in just to see if the guy really existed and went to his office and knocked on the door and the secretary came out. Yes, hello. Um, Yeah, I'm here to see if Mr. Wrigley is real. I'm on his team. I'm Pete Lecoq. And and, uh, Wrigley came out and had never heard of him. That uh, well, is your team owner. Uh, did you? Did Dane ever tell you this Pete Lecoq story? No. With the with the hot dog? Did he not tell you the story? H- hot dogs has a has a a, a a stand at Wrigley Field, right in right. the bleachers. Yeah. One of their sausages is called the Pete Lecoq. Okay. You know how they the famous names. Right. Well, Pete Lecoq were, was in the bleachers mm-hmm. and someone told him, hey, by the way, there's a sausage named after you. So he goes up to the, 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 the you know, lady behind the counter, some, you know, 18 year old kid, whatever, who also never heard of Pete Lecoq. Right. And Pete Lecoq goes, yeah, I want one of mine. Like, what are you talking about? I'm Pete Lecoq. I want one of mine. <laughs> she says, you're not Pete Lecoq. He takes out, this is a true story. He takes out his license, shows that he's Pete Lecoq. Gets the sausage. They make him pay for it. The lady makes him pay for it. <laughs> Come on. And no, I'm not kidding. And then, and then that, and yeah, tell, talk to Dane about it. Dane, that is a total story. And it happened this past year. It was like, I don't know, a month ago. I love that story. Yeah. So, okay. um, I, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it for our Cubs. It's time now for our final segment of the show. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where uh, Dave reaches his hand in, pulls out a celebrity name of somebody that I have met through the years in my former radio career, and then I have to explain how I met them and what the story is, right? So go Uh, ahead. This one's going to be fascinating. I've never heard you talk about this lady before. Uh, Debbie Boone. Debbie Boone. All right. Now, for people who don't remember her, she had a gigantic hit. I think it was the top-selling song of the entire decade of the 1970s, believe it or not. It was the love song, right? You Light Up My Life. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's about God, really. It's not about... uh, love but well i guess god is love but you you know what i'm saying debbie yeah. boone she was known as a fuddy duddy would be a safe way to say that wouldn't you yeah yeah a prude prudish right. she was the right. daughter is the daughter of pat boone who was even more of a fuddy duddy right. <clears throat> i met him later too his name's in the in the bucket too we'll get him to someday um, but anyway that when i was john landecker's producer john had a history of making fun of Debbie Boone. In 1977, when that song came out, or 78, whatever year it was, you know, John was working on WLS at that time. And in those days, the top hits had to be played every 90 minutes. So there, a light would go on, and he would have to play that song. 
whatever it was, whatever the top right. song was. And in those days, the songs were terrible. Right, <laughs> and, right, right, and right. You Light Up My Life was particularly terrible. And John was on at night. He was doing a rock and roll kind of show. And then he'd have to go, you light up my... Yeah, right. right. I can't sing it, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So he hated that song so much, he cut it up. He, he said, all right, I'll play it, but I'm not going to play all of it. I'll play 20 seconds of it here. I'll play 20 <laughs> seconds of it here. And I'll right, play, right, you know. right. <clears throat> so it was a bit. Well, 20 years later, I was John's producer, and it was the anniversary of that. And we decided to play the song 20 seconds a month. And we would play it, but it would take all year to play right, the song. Right. And then at the end of that year, I got Debbie Boone on the phone to talk about it and to tell her, you know, what was going on. And she had the greatest sense of humor about it. She oh, was not a great. fuddy-duddy at all. She was like laughing, you know, joking. You know, she knew what her reputation was and who she was. And she thought it was great. She loved it. And that is uh, the Debbie Boone story. I, a little bit another, you want some Debbie Boone minutia? Absolutely. Uh, she is related to Daniel Boone. Uh, I'm looking up right now on Genia Musing, G-E-N-E-A Musings.com, and they are direct descendants of Daniel Boone. I'm I trying never to figure knew that. Yeah, right. Uh, Daniel Boone, born in 1809. Yeah, there's a little linear. There's a little chart here. Wow. That show- yeah. So there you go. Yeah. And you are a direct descendant of David Stern, the NBA commissioner. Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, sadly, no. Yeah. Um, what I about did, the Stern Electronics guy that does no, all the video not games? Guy no. Either. No. Not Isaac Stern, not uh, Howard Stern. No. We're, our, our Sterns are kind of failures. There are a lot of famous, successful Sterns, but not us. Okay. My grandfather did own a, a newspaper in Germany. That's pretty uh, in successful. Berlin. Was successful. Uh, then there was a. Oh, here uh, we go again. <laughs> exactly. All the, right. There was what some happened? political upheaval there that didn't work out so good okay. for him. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. How many times do I have to apologize for that? I wasn't even alive. Uh, so yeah. So thank you. I could be a mogul right now because, but because of we you are people. moguls right now. So yeah, that's we something are. To keep in mind, and you can uh, check us out. At various different places, Eckhart'sPress.com, as we mentioned. Um, we're also at uh, ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. And uh, also, if you like Minutia Men with Rick and Dave, don't forget there are lots of other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network to check out. And one of them this weekend will include Rick, me. <clears throat> I'm going to be on uh, Lasano and Friends. So That's uh, this Saturday? This You're Saturday, taping yeah. this Saturday? Yep. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, Dave. It's just moved to a better place. RadioMisfits.com. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tony Lasana with Opi Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of... Newsherman. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at RadioMisfits.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed Los Ano and Friends, 
here's what you missed. John, guess who's joining us on the phone? Take I a guess. I have the slightest idea, Tony. <laughs> it's your daughter, Amy Landecker. What do you know? The star of Amazon's Transparent. Hi, honey. Hi, Dad. I know you get this question a lot. Amy, is records truly your paternal grandmother's family name? It's so wild. I mean, I think the weirdest part is not only that his middle name was yeah. records, but that he also used to pretend to be a disc jockey in his closet when he was a little kid. So the whole thing just feels He's really yeah. predestined John's in like a major way. John, you told me you had tapes. You used to record yourself. Uh, mo- you know, if you ask a lot of people yeah. that are on the air now when they were little, that happens a lot. Yeah, I, know. I did. You yeah, know, I yeah. pretended to have a radio I'm station still doing it. Uh, in, in, in my... <laughs> room and uh, took out library books, uh, This Is Your Announcer, right. and tape recorded uh, songs off local radio station and pretended this and that. I also had a thing where I thought I might be a sportscaster because uh, I lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan and listened to the University of Michigan uh, football all the time on the radio. And there was a guy named Bob Eufer, and this guy is insane, but I thought it was fantastic. So <clears throat> I got a sound effects records of a crowd's cheering and right, stuff, and right. I put it on a turntable, and I'd, here's the final minute of the game, and here comes a... <laughs> radio Misfits. Get more Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever it's called.